Yes, people, how are you all doing? I hope you're all doing really well. Welcome back to Process, a podcast with myself, Brendan Pearson. So we are back with some guest episodes. Today's guest episode, we have British Army PTI Ryan McGregor on the podcast. We're talking, obviously, all things British Army, him getting into it to start with, how you can get into it, some of the expectations you might have, some of the experiences and stories that he shares and has had, obviously, in this time in the British Army. We talk about his training, his nutrition, how he trains different styles of training from CrossFit, from powerlifting, from Olympic lifting, bodybuilding, and you don't have to define yourself with one style of training. We specifically talk a bit more about zone training, working in zone one, two, three, four different areas to try and build that aerobic capacity to build your endurance and get fitter and stronger along with it. So loads of different things, train nutrition, everything in this one. So hopefully there's a bit for everybody. So we'll jump straight into this episode. This is Process. Yes, people, welcome back to Process. It's been a while since I've done a guest episode, so good to be back. Welcome to the podcast, Ryan McGregor, PTI in the British Army. How are you doing, mate? All right? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. How are you? Good, yeah, very, very good. It's good to kind of have someone from a different realm on the podcast. Like I said, it's been a while since I've had one. Do you want to quickly introduce yourself? Obviously, I said you were a PTI in the British Army. Introduce yourself, kind of how long you've been in the Army for, how you first got into it, um, and kind of take it from there. Yeah, so um, I'm 26 years old, as you can tell by the, the gleaming accent. I'm from Newcastle as well. Hello, <laughs> um, Jordy. So uh, I currently live in Newcastle, but I'm, I'm posted to Windsor. Um, that's just one of the locations I've been based in the in the last seven and a half years I've been in the Army. Um, passed out of training at ITC Catrick um, in 2014, and then I went straight to London. Um, I've done a year in London, which is it's great. <laughs> being based in the centre of London and then from there I've moved over to Windsor where I've spent the the last sort of six and a half years and um, besides that I've done a two-year posting at ITC Catrick as a PTI which is probably probably one of the highlights of my career and um, so in terms of like places where I've been based they're the, the three main locations. Yeah what made you kind of get into the British Army because I know a lot of people always look into it Royal Navy Marine stuff like that what made you get into it? Um to be honest with you, I've just, as a kid, I was just army mad. Um, yeah. I joined the cadets, which is sort of like dangle the carrot. That was like the sort of, the main the main playing point. They sort of say, look, this is like sort of what the army does. And I absolutely loved it. Um, and then all my best mates, they joined up a lot a lot earlier than me. And then they were going out with like Afghan and stuff and telling us the stories about um, how the, some of the stuff we're doing over there. And I was just like, I'm in. I, yeah. I need to get in. Um, but because I was I was only 16 at the time, my mum and dad wouldn't sign the paperwork for us to go infantry. Because um, when you're 16, your parents have got to sign the paperwork and um, they wouldn't sign it. So this is the habit to sign it if I go in for a trade and not infantry. Um, so I, I signed up for aircraft technician, went up, done the selection process, got started for aircraft technician. Then I was four weeks out from starting and I broke my ankle. Um, and when you break a bone in that sort of that time period, they just defer you a year regardless what it was. Um, I try to challenge it and say, oh, look, it's, you know, it's only a minor, minor injury. I was back in after like three weeks, but they were like, nah, that's you for a year. Um, so I've done the year, went straight back up to Scotland to do the, the selection process again, sat down with the interviewer. He says, oh, yeah, still want to go aircraft technician. 
I went, no, I want to go in front of you. Um, so the the waiting the waiting period for aircraft technician was six months and then you would get a start date. So it would be like six months and then you would get a start date for like nine months time. And um, so you could have been waiting like another another year and a half. And I because I'd already been pushed back a year, I was just like, yeah, I just want to get in the army. So I just went in for me. I had a, a few mates who are my Coldstream guards. They were saying, yeah, he's joined the Coldstream guards. I was like, right, I'm in. Let's do that. Yeah. And then from there, I think I started, I think it was like six weeks later, yeah. straight in after ITC doing the, um, the combat infantryman's course. Yeah. Uh, what's, um, what's selection like? Is it tough? Because obviously you hear about it from like, you see it on the SAS and stuff like that. Is it, is it, quite, is it quite tough in terms for the British Army or slightly different? So the... Yeah, it's it's not it's nothing like SAS selection. Yeah. That's like yeah, that's that's another level. Um, the the selection to join the army, it's it's really basic. That the sort of look you just you go up there, you do like interviews, um, you do fitness tests as well, and then they'll decide on whether you can go for your job role or not. Um, so or that so job roles like aircraft technician, you've got to have the academics to be able to go into that job role. So if you've not got the, the GCSEs or the, the requirements, then they'll, they'll tell you that you can't go in that. You should choose another one. They'll sort of like hand really down a, a job role, that one that they need you to do and two that you're sort of eligible to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but then once you've done that, you'll get given a start date and then you'll go and do your, your relevant course. And um, so for the infantry, it's the, the combat infantryman's course up at ITC, so Infantry and Centre Catrick. Um, you've got other courses, so the... Like the re, the Royal, uh, the Royal Engineers and all that sort, they go down to Purbright and do a shorter course there, and then go on to the Phase Two from there. And um, so there's there's lots of different locations you can be based to sort of start off. And um, but if you're infantry, you'll start off in ITC Catrick. Yeah, that's kind of the baseline. What level of fitness would you say? Because I've the place that I used to work at, we used to do all the P, uh, PDFTs for the uh, Royal Navy Marines and stuff like that. So I know the kind of standard. What sort of baseline level is it that you need to be at to get into the army? Because I see people, there was still quite a lot of people failing the PGFT because obviously it would have been back because of the COVID. What would you say, recommendation-wise, if you want to go into the British Army, what sort of baseline measurements or what sort of things do you need to live up to? Um, to be honest with you, the, the fitness tests have just changed recently and they're not, um, I don't know how to word this, they're not, it's not like that, not physically demanding, but they're demanding in a different way. Right. And I think that, that a lot easier for the, the individuals to achieve now. So while the army's in sort of a, a time frame now where they're gathering a lot of data from from all the tests that they're doing. And then I think in a few years' time, they'll change slightly to become a little bit harder. But at the minute, um, physical-wise, they don't need to be that fit. Um, and my advice for someone joining the army would be have a good strength conditioning base. Um, the main player on whether someone will pass out or not is... It's not how fit they are when they rock up. It's it's whether they can do it without getting injured. Because if you get injured, you know you get you get put back. You know you could be six months there. If it's a big injury, you might get medically discharged. Um, through personal experience, I've seen people up at ITC Catterick who've came up and who are like really really overweight and really struggling with the fitness, but they've got the right attitude to so the rock up. You know they put hundred percent in every session, and the the change from start to finish is unbelievable. You know, there's there's a group of PTIs, I think like 36 PTIs up at um, the infantry training centre now, and their sole job is to get the get the recruits fit enough for them to pass out. And so and they are extremely effective up there as well, really, really good bunch of lads. And 
you know the work they do there is is really good. Mm-hmm. Um, no, it's, so it's, it's, it's quite it's quite good that you're kind of you're saying there's people who are going into the army who are overweight and kind of not to that fitness level. Some people probably think, oh, I need to get to a certain level to go in, but it's more the mental side of it, which I think it goes down to any sort of physical thing that you do in terms of like joining the gym. Everyone's like, oh, I'll wait until I can get to a, a certain level on my own, like in the house, going for runs and stuff, but. It's kind of good that it, there is that sort of thing where, right, it doesn't really matter where you're at. We'll get you there as long as your mentality is there and your attitude and stuff. So, sorry, I interrupted you. I'll let you carry on. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's, it's, it obviously, as as in everything, it's like whatever you do, the fact you ought to start off with, the better it'll be because, you know, you've, when you're in, in with a, a group of sort of males or females and everyone wants to be the fittest and, you know, the fitter the group are, the harder they can be pushed. Um, and you don't really want to be like sort of hanging out at the back or if you're on a run, you don't want to be the guy like who's 300 metres behind. But if you've got that good strength conditioning base and a good like aerobic base, so I'm, I, you don't have to be like more far or fast um, for like distance and speed. But if you've got like a good base, um, so if, if, you can, if you can run like sort of 6K plus without stopping um, at, at a sort of relatively, relatively decent pace, you'd be absolutely fine. Mm-hmm. That's not too bad then. I was going to say about obviously being in the British Army, there was a little thing, I did a little, a tiny little bit of research before the podcast because I, I try to prepare for these sort of things. Uh, but I did a little thing about the British Army and there was a study done with 2,000 adults saying one in 10 people only think that the British Army is literally just go out and fight. That's literally all they think they're going to do. So take us through, first of all, like a day in your life and then also what other things, what kind of other things are involved within, within the British Army itself? Yeah, definitely. Um, so... What I will say is that my sort of job role is pretty unique at the minute, um, but it depends on it depends on the the job role of the, the unit. So with me, I'm in I'm an infantry in a in an infantry battalion, um, and that'll vary a lot from someone who's a, a royal engineer who say or maybe an RLC bomb disposal guy. So it, it it just varies on the role. But my job role at the minute is I work in the in the gym for the, uh, the Cold Stream Guards. So my my only job role at the minute is to deliver physical training to the the battalion, so sort of 300, 300 plus men um, and women as well. Uh, so my job role at the minute, I sort of get up in the morning, I'll train myself before work, and then I'll I'll go on to deliver um, various PT lessons during the day. Uh, again, we've got like a it's called a PTP, a physical training program, and that will outline what lessons we need to deliver. And then we'll deliver them lessons, and then I'll I'll train again in the evening. Um, in terms of like the the war fighting side of it, and what the army's sort of currently doing, the they're not in sort of any sort of major conflicts anywhere, but they're all posted like all over the world. You know, they're over in Africa and then the Middle East. You know, that that in um, they're doing overseas exercises and sort of like Jamaica and stuff like that, and that in they're doing jungle. Tra- in like Belize and Brunei so there's there's a lot of like different elements going on and it's it's just to increase the the readiness and capability of, of our army um, the last thing the British army needs is for us to go to war in a place where we're not familiar with um, so like the likes of um, Belize and Brunei jungle training you know we do jungle training in case anything kicks off kicks off over there and um, so it's, it's important that that happens um, Besides that, we've also got things like S-triple-T's. So these are short-term training teams. And what these are, it's a sort of enhance the capabilities of other armies. So our allies, we'll go and work with them. Um, I know there's 
this blokes out and we go out to Kenya and places like that and deliver training to their armies so that they can increase their capabilities. Um, again, it's it's just the the wider picture. I'm working with with NATO as well, yeah. um, and then outside of that, they do a lot of like humanitarian stuff, especially the Med Corps when um, when big big outbreaks happen for like COVID, for example, they'll they might be sent to locations to help it like sort of increase their medical capabilities. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's it's certainly like a busy time, even though we're not war fighting. There's, there's still soldiers like all over the world doing stuff. Yeah. So there's not just it's not just that that's going. There's loads of different things. So probably people who don't who might go in the army, there's obviously a lot of different things they can do. How many? What are the sorry? What are the chances do you think of there being some sort of war on your on your own opinion? Because everyone's got their own opinion on certain things. Oh, this is going to happen because of Korea, because of this, that, because of COVID and stuff like that. What's your personal opinion? Um, without a doubt, there'll be there will be another war in the future. Um, it, it just depends on on what what sort of war it's going to be. Um, mm-hmm. the, the way the the world's going at the minute, it's more than likely going to have a lot of cyber stuff in, um, yeah. because everyone's sitting back and thinking, why do we need to send soldiers in there when we can just send drones in? Or you know, we don't we don't need to to go and send troops in to to actually grab a person to get information off them when someone can just be sat back in the UK on a computer, they can just hack the computer and get all the information they need anyways. Yeah. Um, so that's, there's a lot of that going on, a lot of the sort of cyber stuff going on at the minute and that's sort of one of the biggest threats at the minute. But in terms of actually like boots on the ground, I think that'll be sort of donated by um, what other countries do, especially within NATO. So like America's a big player. I think if they start putting boots on the ground all over the place, then sort of because we're their closest ally, we might sort of follow or might yeah. be taught to follow. Yeah. So you never know, mate. You never know what happened. But the thing the thing that you said about the cyber thing is a big thing. So that'll that could happen literally at any point. You can it'll happen. There's so many things that could possibly go wrong. Um so you probably were right in terms of that. So in terms of the training that you obviously deliver within your PTI sessions and stuff, is it a lot of strength stuff, conditioning, or is it more do you think it's more building the mental capability of obviously the soldiers rather than the physical side or kind of a bit of both? So we'll just have like a bit of, bit of a history lesson now. Go if on we go back to 10 years ago, um, there was a lot of sort of running and tabbing. So tabbing is basically just running with a, with like day sack and wet legs, sort of pack on your back with weight in. Um, there was a lot of that. There was also a lot of injuries. Um, it's now sort of moving across and we're doing a lot more um, strength condition side of stuff and building the body up and then supplementing that with the cardio side and the, the sort of aerobic side. Um, so a lot of the sessions now are, are sort of strength conditioning based, circuit based, but then we, we do also like sort of supplement that with, um, for example, Battle PT, um, where we would get the 100, uh, 100 kilogram logs out, we'd take them out and we'd do boot runs, do the, the, the tabbing as well. Um, so there is still a lot of that. Because that's our capability. As infantry, as we if we get put on the ground somewhere, we need to we need to insert into an enemy location. That's that's how it's going to be done with weight on my back. So we need to we need to train for that. Um, that's what. So, um, sort of, I don't know how weird it is. I know I know what you mean though. Yeah, that's uh, sort of. <laughs> I couldn't even think of a word to describe what it is, but that's sort of kind of realm of training. I get what you mean. Yeah, it's completely yeah. different. It's got to make it realistic to what you would obviously go out and, and go and do. If, um, yeah, have exactly. you yourself kind of had any, obviously you mentioned about your ankle injury in terms of anything else that you've suffered with, have you had any serious injuries? 
Um, I wouldn't say serious injuries, but I've had um, I've had a few few injuries. Me knee that that was pretty bad, and yeah. we are back. Um, but again, that's this is sort of where the passion for fitness has came from as well. Just just sitting around. A lot of people sort of tend to sit back and sort of have a go on Google and oh, I've got this injury, and then they'll they don't end up getting it fixed. So I went away, used a lot of my own time to try and figure out how I can fix the injuries and then how I can prevent them. So that I just went through that process, obviously seek the right information I need from the medical professionals as well. But I've done a lot of sort of homework myself and mm-hmm. worked out how I could fix the injuries like sort of on my own. Yeah, that's what I found myself. I found a lot of things that if you go through... Like go to like your local standard doctors or whatever it is. If you have an injury, most of the time they just either prescribe like ibuprofen or just tell you sit the, the, the kind of tick box exercises to do. I found the yeah. same thing. Trial and error with your own body. A lot of people don't want to go in and invest in their own time and their own body and going out and trying different things, different movements. Or most of the time they just go and sit down and rest it, which a lot of time doesn't do any good, like at yeah. all. Like rest sometimes with certain injuries, resting things like a lot of muscular ones, depending on how bad it is, getting the body moving stuff so good. Um, but yeah, looking into different things and now with like podcasts, YouTube, Instagram, there's so many ways of kind of finding different exercises. Like for my knee stuff, I've looked a lot. Have you seen that knee over toe guy? Have you seen him on Instagram? You'll have to check him out, but he's, I think he's ruptured. He's had like kneecap surgery, ruptured his patella, whatever it is. But he's now doing these like, he's doing Nordic curls, um, super range of motion, uh, split squats, loads of things. So I'm implementing them, my own training, and I'm picking things that I find that work well for me, which I think a lot of like one thing doesn't obviously work for everybody. Uh, so kind of use your body as an almost like, sounds stupid, but like an experiment with certain different things. Cause one thing that works for one person, like I said, won't work for another. Um, so people who have them little aches and pains, especially back pains and stuff, get yourself moving, even just going yeah. for a little bit of a walk and stuff rather than sitting around and doing nothing. That doesn't help at all. Um, yeah, so definitely. injuries. So you say back injuries are probably the most common within, obviously, the British Army. Yeah, there's 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 a lot of sort of back injuries, a lot of knee injuries, a lot of ankle injuries. Um, it just mainly just off the impact um, and and just just the poor condition of the of the soldiers. But now that we're now that we're moving into the the sort of strength condition era, and there's a lot of that. The injuries is like shot right down. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. There's, there's, the blokes are because we, we do a lot of education now as well. So the, the blokes will know that of if they've got if they've got sore knees to go and like do certain things or you yeah. know try certain things out before before they have to go. Because nine, nine times out of ten, it's probably the same on Civic Street as well. You know, you go to a physio, you spend loads of money and it's it's dragged out over a massive time frame. You normally, especially through the NHS, because there's so much strain on it, you go see the physio and then like a few months later. You know, you're on the next stage, but you could have you could have done that by yourself, mm-hmm. um, within like a few days, and it's, yeah. it's just so much time. Yeah, like you said, the NHS have got enough to th- things to worry about with them. So you're probably doing them a favor if you look into it yourself. You probably will find better things if you do look into it, um, yourself. So it's good as well that the British Army, because I've noticed it, because my background's football and sporting and stuff. So I've noticed obviously a massive shift in S and C and stuff the last few years. The same things apply for the British Army because. I would have thought it might have still been kind of at the old school mentality, get yourself like you literally it's more of a mental battle rather than physical. Like how hard can you push yourself? But implementing like a bit of structure and knowing that like, yeah, your body's gonna break down eventually if you keep on hammering it into the wall. Um 
obviously you've got an educated background in terms of the British Army and the way that they're doing it. So it's good to see that that's changed. And yet, like you said, you've probably found that the injury rate has massively dropped um, over the last few yeah. years. So talking about the progressions in terms of obviously yourself and also within the British Army, is it one of them things where it's kind of like a natural kind of stepping stone to get a little bit higher up or do you have to kind of push a little bit in certain areas, do extra certain exams and stuff like that to get to kind of higher rankings? Obviously, I know hardly anything about rankings and stuff in the British Army, so you can probably explain it a bit better than me. I'm learning as we're going, um, yeah. Yeah, so again, it's job role specific. Um, so within the infantry, you've got to do certain battle courses to be promoted. Um, within other regiments, you've got to, you've got to do courses. Maybe it might be an external course, um, and that that'll make you eligible for promotion. And then again, it's on like time served as well. Uh, so if you've done a certain amount of time in that rank and you've done all the courses, um, then you'll you'll be promoted uh, every year. You get a thing called an SGR, which is basically like a yearly report, and then that SGR goes against everyone else's SGR um, and your sort of rank within your unit. And then that they'll decide like who's who's performed the best and then the best performing people will be able to get promoted. Mm-hmm. Um, if, that, about, if they've done their courses. Yeah. What I was going to say, in terms of yourself, where do you kind of want to go with within the British Army? Where do you see yourself going? So I've done, uh, done my PTI course about four years ago now. I've done two years at ITC Catholic and then on the back end of that, there's a, a regiment of the British Army called the Royal Army Physical Training Corps. Um, and these are these are soul-specific um, physical trainers of the British Army in layman's terms. Um, and to get into that regiment, you've got to do a selection, which is week-long. And then at the end of the, the week-long selection, you'll be told, yes, we want you in the in the corps, or no, we don't. Um, so I went and done that back in January. I managed to pass. So my next career progression is to go to go over to them in October. Um, so in October, I'll move from the Coldstream Guards. I'll go and do a nine-month course. And at the end of that nine-month course, if I pass, then I'll be I'll then be um, Royal Army Physical Training Corps. And then from there, you, you progress as a as a like sort of a PT in in civil terms. Um, and then you'll you'll promote up the ranks again through three S jobs. Um, mm-hmm. but then once I've moved into that world, it's it's all it's all PT and you you get external postings to different regiments. Um, and then again it's just it's just doing the PT to like 24-7. Yeah. And it's that's your your life from there. Yeah. Is it kind of like a long term career? Because I know like in terms of my head, well I'm obviously football background, that's a very short career. In my head in terms of like the PT delivering one to one sessions, I see that you can still obviously do it for as long as you want, but it's a quite a short career in terms of when I'm six fifty and sixty, I still don't want to be delivering one to one PT sessions. I kinda of wanna be a little bit like in different realms. Like, when do you ever really see a sixty year old PT in pure gym? Like you know what I, you know what I mean, kind of thing. So there's gotta be a kind of step so like in the big, big picture, have you thought about is like the army Obviously, for your example specifically, and for other people, is it a long-term career? Is it something like it's the stepping stones outside of it? Um, what's kind of the long, long-term, long-term pictures? Yeah. So when I've moved over, so if, if successful, I'm in the, the PT core. Um, the I'm just going to try and just do as long as I can. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always said that if I don't enjoy it, then I'm not going to, I'm not going to be there, and I'll, I'll sign off and get out. But I think down that job role, it's there's so many different different opportunities to do different things. It's um, yeah, I, I think I'll be in for quite a while, and then 
Um, you get quite a few city qualifications as well. So you, because you're always doing courses and that, there's, there's loads of opportunities to gain qualifications. And then if I manage to push like 24 years out, then you get the you get your pension as well. But you get a pension of 12 years, but then um, it just increases constantly. And then you get a full pension at 24 years, mm-hmm. which means you essentially wouldn't have to work um, when you get out, yeah. which is it's not, not too bad. But then I would be able to fall back on all, of, all the civilian qualifications that I've gained through the army. Mm-hmm. Um, which is which is pretty decent. Yeah, so there's a bit of support for people going out of army, the army sort of thing. There is quite a bit of support network. I can imagine there being a big mental switch for that because I keep comparing it to kind of the sporting world and football and that, but it is that atmosphere, not just in terms of like it's a, it's a short career and there's a lot of mental things going on, especially if you do end up obviously going to um, like uh, war and stuff like that and it ends up getting quite serious. But in also terms of like you're a group of lads and you've probably built a lot of good relationships and losing that sort of, like we talked before the podcast and you might have a few stories to tell. So if you've got any of them, we'll talk about them in a second. But like you have that close unit network like you do within sporting and it's probably quite tough when you do step away from it and you probably drift away from people. So it's good to see that there is the kind of little bit of support that the army do give. Um, yeah, definitely. There's, the, I would say anyone who's, who's looking to join the army is just take every opportunity you can. It's, mm-hmm. They're out there and out there to be taken. Uh, an example of this would be the two years I, would, I was at ITC Catrick, I'd done, I'd done a, a football tour in Cyprus for 10 days football tour in Miami for 10 days. Um, I've done 11 adventure training courses. So this is like um, rock climbing, rock climbing instructor, canoeing, kayaking, the, the instructor variants of them, um, mountain leader training in Wales. I went, most of the AT courses were out in Cyprus, so they're week long. I've done six weeks out in Cyprus. Um, and then I went to the Caribbean for 10 days as well on a sailing trip. But it was just because the opportunities were there. I looked for them and I went, I went and took them. Yeah. But you tend to see people who some people will join the army, but you know, they'll do they'll do three years, they'll want to sign off. And then when you've asked them what they've done, they'll have said they've done nothing. And you're like, Well, that's why you want to sign off, because you've done nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, there's so many opportunities out there, especially within the army. You've just got to take them. Yeah. Most of them, like all the adventure training and stuff, it's it's free, you know. The army's basically paying me to go to Cyprus for a week to go and get a qualification. It's honestly, it's mental. Like, <laughs> it doesn't sound too bad, like. Yeah, it's, honestly, it's crazy. Like the, the football trip to Miami, um, went out there for ten days, and I, I think we paid three hundred and fifty pound um, for ten days in Miami. Ten days. Yeah, <laughs> went out there. We played a few football games, done a few training sessions. Honestly, it was unbelievable. And then it's a lot of drinking, I guess. <laughs> you, you must have some good stories. Like, what's what do you see the best trip you've done when you've been away? Um, yeah, the best trip I've probably done was was Miami. It was, yeah. it was just unbelievable. I was, you know, I was there with with twenty other lads who are who are just like me. Absolutely love football. Bang into that. Um, we're all quite close. You know, we got on a drink together. We've done the training together. Everything we've done, we've done it together. And it was just I had such a laugh. Yeah. It was just from from the second we woke up to the second we went to sleep, we're just on each other, just constant banter, twenty four seven mint. I love that. I love that sort of thing. I think that's what a lot of people would miss. Like again, I keep relating it back to football. There's a big difference between the army and the football, but how a, like that team spirit. There could be people because I'm I'm big on 
life after football for, for lads who have made it or not make it kind of thing. The Army could be a good switch because it's that same sort of team environment. Like, having banter going away, like, drinking with people, that's the same sort of environment that you live for within football. That's what people miss about when they step out of it. So the British Army could be an easy carryover. You're already going to have the fitness. You're going to have that sort of mentality about wanting to actually perform and do and do better. And you've got that team team bonding sort of thing. So, no, I love that. Um I need to get my half. I feel like I want to get myself in there. I mean, I've never been to Miami. I need to get myself in. Can I just jump on the flight with you for the next time you go away? <laughs> not? I'm guessing that's kind of been stopped a little bit because of COVID and they're not doing as much anymore with that sort of thing. That's kind of been killed a little bit. Yeah, it's sort of a pretty bad time for all the, all the fun stuff at the minute. Yeah. All the adventure training and all that sort of stuff stopped for a, a big period of time. Mm-hmm. It's just starting to, starting to pick that up now. But again, the all the external stuff, so when, when we go like skiing in France, again, that'll be on, on the COVID regulations. And then when we do like the, the skiing and the rock climbing in Bavaria, again, that's on, on the, the COVID regulations and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. And so well, for a huge, huge chunk of time, it's stopped. Um, and now they've, they're starting to do the, the adventure training within the UK. That's, that's started up again. Um, and then they'll, as, as the, the restrictions ease over, over the world and they'll, they'll start opening the, the different centres up around the world and then yeah. that'll, that'll start back up again. No, that's class that, that's class that. Well then, um, we'll talk a little bit about yourself in terms of your training, in terms of your fitness journey. When did you first start getting into, I'm guessing it's probably a football background, when did you start getting the fitness and how has it kind of changed that your style of training, what you've been into over the years? Yeah, so I, I started playing football when I was, I think I must have been like four or five. Um, and I played constantly until I was about 13 when I had some really bad injuries. I'd done all the, the ligaments in my knee and I was on crutches for 12 weeks. And then I broke my ankle as well. So I went from a kid who was running around constantly playing football, you know, three times a week, four times a week. So I went from, from stick thin um, to being on crutches for 12 weeks and I piled the weight on. Really? And I, if, I, if I had a photo now or two of you, honestly... <laughs> When I show people the photo, they're like, that's not you. And I'm like, I promise that's me. Um, and then that was that was sort of just before I joined the army. And then I had to get like fit for the army. And it was just, I just had, I was in a world of hurt just because I was so big. Um, and it, it was just so hard to train from from where I was to get into that stage where I sort of joined the army. Um, and then once I joined the army, I sort of, I, I didn't really know what I was doing. I, I went to the gym, but I went to the gym just because I didn't want to get fat again. Um, so that was like the, the main motivator. Um, so I went from no real structure and fizz to doing no fitness for like a huge period of time. It was like a period of like a year, two years. And then I started to do fitness, but it wasn't like sort of structured. And I would sort of just go to the gym and then I'd be like, yeah, I've, I've not really got anything out of it. Um, I just done it to keep myself fit. Then I done the, the PTI course in in the army, and that's sort of what like the, the light bulb came on after that. And I was like, "Jesus, so many different ways of training. Let's sort of experiment." Um, but to be honest with you, I'm I'm down for doing what any any sort of training. You know, I've got mates who are who play football. When I go and train with them, I, you know, I do football based stuff. I've got people who are mates who do bodybuilding training. So when I'm training with them, I'll just, if they're about and they want to train, you know, I'll jump on that. Um, I've got loads of mates who, who are into CrossFit, you know, I'll jump onto that. And a few people who who are into, into the, their cycling, 
on the bike. So I'll, you know, I'll do that as well. Um, mm-hmm. I'm just, it's weird. I, I'll just get in everything. Yeah. Sort of. I like so, that though because yeah. people feel like the need to kind of identify themselves as one style of training like oh I'm a bodybuilder oh, I'm a crossfitter or oh, I'm this that and the other oh, I'm a footballer like you don't have to you can literally just do whatever it was and you can still attain a very very good physique with that way because a lot of people the big argument obviously is oh you can't get big and do cardio sort of thing which I think by now we should have kind of proven that wrong with like crossfit athletes and stuff like that like yourself if anybody needs some work oh, I was better way check him out because check your Instagram out. I'll tag it in the uh, show notes Mate, you absolutely bin yourself all the time. Like I saying, you're doing like two workouts a day. Um, there was a squat workout and a C2, squat and C2 workout, I think I've seen. That what was that, that one again? Um, that was off a, a, a page on Instagram called uh, Grizzfids. Um, yeah. And it basically just, I'm sure I'll just sit down behind the computer and go, how can we make this? Yeah, how can we fuck people up? <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, one of my mates sent us it and I was like, I'm going to do that. And I've done yeah. it. And then by the end of it, I was like, what on earth was I doing there? And then for yeah. like a week, the doms were unbelievable. I yeah. was in a bad place. Like, um, but most of the time, like, my mates will just tag us in videos saying, oh, see if you can beat this guy's time or oh, see if you can do this. And I'll be like, yeah, sounds, looks like yeah. a good idea. <laughs> I just, yeah, I just um, I, I obviously I don't enjoy it at the time, but afterwards I just love looking back and going, mm-hmm. That workout was horrible. People think we're proper weirdos. Like I like sometimes my clients come in the gym and I've wrote had a workout on the board that I've wrote, um wrote before and they're like, did you, did you do that? And it's like you fucking mental. It's like I don't know how many calories on the assault bike, and they're like, I don't want to do any more than ten calories on that thing. Never mind doing two hundred or whatever it is. But it is crazy once you get that kind of addiction to it in that like endorphin release afterwards it's just like you, you get a buzz off the mental challenge you get a buzz off writing something on the board and being like you know what i'm gonna that's gonna fucking hurt but i'm gonna feel 10 times better at the end of it like it's it, it, it is kind of like sick the way that you think of, if you think about it but um once you get that itch like it'll come in like you said you started off no sort of knowledge you started off overweight you had no sort of routine or structure and stuff like that in how many years it's been, you've built it up. So people who are listening, who are maybe, if they're watching the little clip on Instagram, if they see this, that you can start off at literally any single point and progress for it. Like, don't worry if you've got no education about a go to the gym and you might look at someone and copy what they're doing or you might speak to someone or you might see something on Instagram and just try different things and you'll end up finding something that you enjoy. And if you enjoy something, you're going to stick to it no matter what. Um, even yeah. if you're not to the level where you're absolutely building yourself every single day, yeah. Doms for two yeah, weeks. That, that's it exactly. So if you've just got to start. Once mm-hmm. once you start, then you, that's that's more than half the battle. Mm-hmm. And then you, you might not have much structure, but just just getting in the gym, doing something. And you know, if if you follow someone, that's sort of where my, my Instagram page came about because there's there's a lot of people out there making a lot of money, and there's some people who who can't afford. Um, I can't afford PTs. They've got no idea about education. They don't know what to do. So I just, I just like putting bits of information on there just to help people like that out because mm-hmm. there's not, there's not always going to be people who can afford, you know, these mega expensive programs and they've got all the kit and they, they might just need a little bit of inspiration or just a video that look at and go, oh, you know what, I can do that. Mm-hmm. Oh, that, that doesn't seem too odd. You know, I'll, yeah. I'll go and try and then think, oh, that wasn't too bad. And then the next thing, you know that bang into fitness and mm-hmm. it's, it, that's just the main thing just just getting started and just just going for it 
Yeah, no, that's why I, like, I literally put probably majority of my workouts on Instagram just because, well, one, I enjoy doing it and two, like people message me saying, oh, like, I tried this or like, oh, I didn't realize you tried, like doing that sort of thing. And then you kind of, like you get that yourself as like a coach almost. You get that kind of, that's what, what the reason that I love doing what I'm doing is because people are benefiting from it. And I know what it was like being someone who just started out and looking up to people and like trying different things out. So the more that you can give for free, because people do charge a lot these days and there's a lot of people putting out content for free. That's just as good. Like following, I love smaller, I love, I love following like smaller Instagrams, people who are just kind of starting in, who are really obviously banging to the fitness, they know what they're doing kind of thing, but they're, they're not like verified and got 100k followers or even like 10k followers. They're just kind of doing it because they love it, um, yeah. which is obviously why I'm grateful. So shout out Fraser for recommending you, by the way. <laughs> Fraser Hills, mate, you best be listening to this because that's the reason obviously we're, we started this podcast. But um, so you're training at the minute. What's it kind of looking like? Because you said you're doing AM and PM. What What is your training currently? Like? You've wrote like a program for yourself. Yeah, yeah. So I've, I've done myself a, a program. It's, it's mainly strength conditioning based because um, I, I just do not want to get that knee injury back because that was a big stopper for me. So it's, it's sort of like centered around um, lower body sort of strength. And then I need to maintain the cardio side. So it's supplemented with cardio. Um, but again, what I found really useful is the uh, zonal training, especially for cardio. It's not a lot of people have heard about it, which is bizarre because I, in my opinion, it's like definitely the way to train, especially when you, you're running or cycling or, or swimming, any, anything like solely cardio based. Um, so I do a lot of me, a lot of me running like zone two or three. And I've, I've had people like say it was come up with and say, oh, I follow you on Strava and like your run times are awful. But when I see you, do like best efforts yeah, a lot faster. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, it's, it's zonal training and you know, that sort of build that big aerobic base and it'll, it sort of helps a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I do a lot of that now, whereas beforehand, like when I was, when I just joined the army, I would sort of rock up me, me trainers on and I would just, just thrash myself as, as long as I could, for as fast as I could. Yeah. And then within that, within sort of six months, getting injury and you're like, oh, back mm-hmm. square one. Yeah. Um, but now that I've started doing the the sort of zonal training, um, I've, I've been sort of injury free, which is decent. Yeah, that's one thing I've kind of learned because I, when you do get that kind of passion for fitness and that addiction to it, you, you kind of just go out there every single day and back yourself because you love it. No matter how you feel, you will do it. But over time, you'll either pick up injuries, you'll start feeling like shit, you'll like you rely too much on these sort of things, which is. <laughs> I think every fitness person's addicted to caffeine, like, but never mind. But like, you'll end up running yourself into the ground. But then after that, you'll realize, right, I need a little bit of structure. Like doing the zone, the zonal training because I, I watched a few things on Matt Fraser. He does a lot of zone two stuff, just kind of forty-five minutes on the C two bike, just keep his heart rate at a certain rate. And um, but doing that, building up the capacity, like I said, rather than doing like absolutely just blitzing yourself hundred percent. Like there is a time and a place for that sort of thing. But the more, yeah. if you think the more that you can get out at that sort of zone two, zone three level, build that up. You'll be able to come back in the gym next day and still perform a decent workout. Whereas if you've been yourself, you're going to be ruined for two or three days. Um, so having a bit of structure, I'm looking a little bit more into that. It's more for like running and endurance stuff. Um, yeah. If you want to build your capacity. So if you're into your CrossFit and you're, or you're cycling, you're running, definitely look into that if you haven't. Um, so what's your strength stuff looking like at the minute? Is it Olympic lifts, just strict um, powerlifting stuff? What is it? Um, yeah, so it's 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 a bit of a like bit of Olympic lifting. Um, I just because I, I do I do like doing CrossFit, so I don't want to I don't want to fall too far behind that. Mm-hmm. So I'll I'll mainly focus on um, like a squat, a deadlift, and then a, a sort of push movement, and then big on the core, and then 
I'll supplement that with a bit like sort of Olympic lifting, like the cleaning jerk and the snatch and movements like that. Um, yeah. And that, yeah, that, that's just to keep us sort of keep me foot in the door for the CrossFit because I, I don't want to don't want to progress too much and say the back squat and then not be able to clean and jerk anymore. So I, I just sort of keep keep tying it all in. Yeah. Just being all rounder more than anything, because that, that's a big thing. I think like the likes of like, like March on, they're one of the big people who have kind of pushed that all round, um, kind of style of training. They being able to do everything, like going for a run, Olympic lifting, body weight stuff, pull ups, dips, swimming, like everything, ticking all the boxes. Oh. So I think if anybody's asking like how to, people always say like how can I do this? That like, how can I be good at everything? It's simple. Just make sure you train everything. Make sure you're ticking all the boxes. Like maybe yeah. prioritize weak areas for a short period of time a little bit more like say you, you see your strengths week maybe prioritize a little bit more than your conditioning but then always come back to your conditioning keep that kind of ticking over in the background just prioritize things um so in terms in terms of recovery because people like talk about training all the time recovery is probably if not like probably more important than anything and uh, what do you do specific recovery like sleep wise um obviously supplements is a topic separately because um, I know you, you, t- you use the CBD as well, don't you? A little bit. I've yeah. seen you use that. C- uh, certain things, how do you kind of help your recovery, nutrition, anything? Um, but nutrition nutrition and sleep is probably the, the biggest ones. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got a few few good mates. Uh, I always put my stuff on, share it on my Instagram as well. They, they push out a lot of good content for, for nutrition. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if I've got any questions, I can always just give them a message um, for nutrition. Nutrition is a big one. And then, the most underrated one, sleep. Like people just think, oh, you know, it's sleep. You know, I'm wasting time doing it or whatever. But it's, it's so underrated. And it's such a big player. You know, if you nearly sleep down, then that that's where the, that's where the recovery happens. Yeah. Um, I've I've tried loads of loads of different recovery methods. Uh, ice baths. Trying to have hot baths with Redox. Full works. Um, I follow a, a page on Instagram called YLM Sports Science. So they yeah. do a lot of a lot of studies, and they they just put. A, Put one up recently, like an infographic, um, saying like active recovery is one of the best ways as well. Um, so I, I do a lot of that anyways, and I always try to on on my sort of recovery days. I'll always try to get at least kept like ten thousand steps in, um, just just to keep active, and then mm-hmm. you know, so the body's still doing something, and then yeah. you know, as well as active recovery. Yeah, that's also people get confused with like rest and recovery. They're slightly different in terms of completely resting, doing absolutely nothing. Sometimes, obviously, there's going to be some benefit to it, but it can be counterproductive because I know what it's like if you have a day sitting on the sofa doing nothing. You wait, like, your next day you're stiff, you, you kind of, because your back's probably sore because you're laying down all day. Like, I get a, a sore back from sitting down too long because hip flexors tighten up. Like, after this podcast, guarantee when I get up, I'm like, oh, bloody, I like my knees. And I know you've had a knee injury yourself, so you'll probably know what it's like, bad knees and everything. So keeping yourself moving, I love I love mobility as well. I'm high mobility. I know you're big on mobility as well. You put a few posts out about it. Mobility, going for walks, little like cycle. Even if you've like if you you got kids, go for a bike ride with your kids. It doesn't have to be like Lance Armstrong bumming around down timeout for anything like that. Just steady little cycle. Just keep yourself moving. Um, how you found the CBD bomb? It's um because I've I've used it a little bit. Have you found it benefit you a little bit at all? Um, I I've not really used it that much. Too much, yeah. Um, I don't know if it's some of it's like a bit of a placebo effect or not. I don't know what some of the benefits of it, but um, placebo is massive as well. Like within everything, mm-hmm. if you can get yourself in the right the right mind frame, then you know you're winning straight away. Mm-hmm. Um, but I take I take like uh, cod liver oil, yeah. um, zinc and magnesium as well. That's that's a good one to help you sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and then help you out immune system as well. But I've, I've done a post about that on me on my Instagram. I'll, I'll probably throw that up again. Um, yeah. Because a lot of people, it, it's easy for a lot of people to just jump on the internet and say like, "Oh, supplements I might need to take," and then straight away my protein BCAs. Yeah. The big one. Straight, and then everyone, it was like the most sold product on on my protein. And um, mm. when really, unless you're getting all the uh, the branch, unless you're getting all the amino acids. Uh, it's yeah, pretty, really yeah. I don't know. I've done a podcast talking about that just because it's like, like I was, I used to buy it all the time. I probably, I don't know how much I probably spent hundreds on BCAs over, over the years. That's the one thing I've noticed over the years my supplements, the amount of money I've wasted now realizing it's so annoying. But people always try and look for that quick fix and they go for the supplements and stuff where like the most important things for recovery is probably sleep like you said i'd say number one and then your nutrition getting enough protein and carbohydrates which people are scared of having if you want to train like the way like you do the way that you see the likes of marchons uh chris ruby all the crossfit athletes that sort of style of training you need to hammer carbs in like ridiculous yeah, amounts because the amount of amount of glycogen you're going to be burning is going to be ridiculous and obviously fats are important as well but jumping to supplements like you mentioned about the branch chain amino acids get enough protein in, you'll be fine the only real thing that I would probably recommend is, well, creatine, obviously, for one, which is every, one of the most researched supplements. For your joints, you said, obviously, cod liver oil. I'll take, um, have you seen Nordic oil? Have you seen that? It's like, um, it's just a, it's a certain type of fish, but I'll take the spoonful one, which right. is lovely. Really tasty, mate. You don't, <laughs> you, the burps aren't too bad. Um, and then for the rest of them, probably looking to, if you, have you ever had your bloods done before? Nah, I've not. I've, I think I, one of me, one of my mates has had it done. I def, definitely need to try it. Yeah, I did it once. My missus is a nurse, so she she done it for us a while ago because it just turns it turns up in a little pack with a needle and stuff. And I didn't realize I had to book, like obviously go to the your GP and they do it for you. So I was just right. like, got her out of bed. I was like, you're a nurse. Go on, just whack the um, you know, the wrist supports. Whack one yeah. of them on my arm. Give it a little whack, and then I was in. Um, so they got that done, but it was many checks that done mine. And so have a look at like what vitamins are you deficient? Is your D three all right? Obviously we're we live in England, don't we? So sun's hit or miss in it. Um, D three, Arctic, um, B twelve. Probably just after the the Joe Rogan podcast. Listen to that. Vitamin C as well. I've started taking that for joints, definitely, yeah. and also for um your immune system when you've been feeling run down. You can I think it's three thousand milligrams that you can have up to. I think um it was on the Joe Rogan that Rhonda. What's her name? Uh, some Patrick, oh, I can't remember her name. I've went blank now from the Joe Rogan podcast. Um, I'm trying to think what else, and that's probably about it. Occasionally, I'll have silic. I'll probably have silic dextrin if you've had that before during my workouts. Just oh, to, yeah, yeah, just to get carbs in because I'm <laughs> yeah, <laughs> literally just carbs, mate. Just free carbs. Um, apart from that, yeah. Anything else that you take personally that you would like just for yourself? I wouldn't say obviously recommend it because we're not professionals in that sort of realm. But anything yourself that yeah. you take. Um, so just protein, uh, yeah. protein's a big one. I, I supplement that because I just I just can't get enough of it in my diet um, without like massively going over my calories. Mm-hmm. Uh, I take creatine, um, beet alanine as well. I've, oh I've yeah, yeah, that. I forgot that one. I forgot that. Uh, that it's quite a quite a new sort of supplement. That like I think it was people first started looking into it when uh, Matt Fraser went on yeah. Joe Rogan. Give like, them an extra lung. That's what you said, uh, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, and then um, Reggie Fassa as well. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, I take five scoops of it. And then he's just like, off his face. <laughs> he sounds like a little Raji him. He does, he just sounds, he's, he's, he's strong though. He's a big, he's a strong lad. Fit as well. Um, um, other supplements, I, just the same as what you've mentioned, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I think it's, it's easy to just to just say, oh, this supplement, everyone's taking it and take it. And then you, you're like, oh, a few months, few years later, you're like, oh, I didn't even need to take that. Because yeah. I, I was exactly the same with, with BCAs. Mm-hmm. When the first sort of came out, um, everyone was taking them. And I thought, I'll just, just jump on that. Mm-hmm. And then when you actually do the research into it, you're like, oh, I'm wasting money here. Yeah. So I, that's what I do now. I'll sort of, I just make sure that I know enough about everything before I start taking it. Mm-hmm. Um, so like like the BCAs, I've a few people now, a few mates now who will message us saying, "Oh, should I be taking BCAs?" And I'm like, "Well, no, you don't really need them." And then mm-hmm. they'll ask us why, and I'll send them like links to, um, like on Google Scholar, it's like, um, proper reports and all that sort of and studies done, uh, why you don't need them. So I'll, mm-hmm. I'll always do research on the stuff I take before I take it now. Yeah. Just just because I'm tight and I save money. I know, mate. Exactly. I'm exactly the same. I'm tight. Uh, I'm, I say to a lot of people as well, if the, if you're first starting out, because like I said, we've, we're, we're kind of, I say experienced, we're only, what, you're 26, I'm now 25, so we're around the same age. We've been training for quite a long time, we've probably wasted a lot of money on supplements. If I was to say to someone starting training out, some things that I would invest in, is well, like I said, well, sleep, you can't really invest in. You, you, can, you can do certain things to invest in your sleep. Invest your money in good quality food. Don't waste your money on shit food and alcohol and stuff like that. And then probably third, Get a good coach because if I had a coach who taught me things for the first one or two years, it's almost as if you're like skipping them one, two, three years where you're kind of doing the complete wrong thing and overtraining or under like all that sort of thing. If you get a coach who teaches you about technique, takes you teaches you about uh, training structure, recovery techniques, um, whatever it is, you can you can save yourself probably you probably save yourself more money and time than anything. Um, it's just obviously people don't like forking out the money for it in the in the things that kind of they want the instant kind of results. So all right, I'll go and buy these supplements. I'm gonna buy, I'm gonna have fifteen grams of creatine a day and use the bag within a week just to try and get massive. So yeah, invest in invest in things. What was the stupidest thing you've done in terms of training, in terms of supplements, nutrition over the years? Can you think of anything? But it's probably the the start of me 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 fitness sort of lifestyle that that was probably a massive mistake just yeah. jumping in everything um but like you just said there about the coaching completely agree with that um one I follow a guy on Instagram and he's like a he's like the fitness guru and he he was saying that when you buy a new a new house or you want a new house you go and see a mortgage advisor and mm-hmm. they do all the work because they've got the knowledge and they've got the qualifications and you probably don't. You could probably do it by yourself, but you know you pay them a little bit of money, and then they'll, in the long run, they'll save you money. Mm-hmm. Um, they'll they'll sort everything out, and that exactly exactly that. Yeah. The most precious thing you've got is time. So yeah. if you can, if you can save as much of that as you can, and focus that elsewhere, you're on the winner, really. Yeah, I know it's it is crazy because I know exactly the mindset that you're in when you're young, and you don't want advice from people. You just look at like. I used to look at the flex magazines and muscle and fitness magazines and just say, all right, I'll do that workout. I'm going to look like him in two years' time or whatever it is, but it doesn't work like that. Um, so yeah, just in, just invest. I mean, we're, we are both PTs ourselves, so we're probably just trying to plug our own coaching business now. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Uh, speaking of which, actually, because I know obviously you've got your Instagram, you do a little bit of online stuff. I want to talk about the reality for people who are just starting out. Like I've been doing online coaching for like, 
few months, nearly a year now. Like the reality is everyone talks about online coaching saying like, oh, like you can make four or five K a year working at home on your laptop. It's a load of rubbish. It's like, it's a very slow process and it's so hard to obviously get people in. How, how has it been for you? Have you had any clients, a few little bits and bobs or? Uh, yeah, a few little bits and bobs. But to be honest with you, I'm, I, I'm not sort of, I'm not wanting to make loads of money. I just, mm-hmm. all I want to do is just, just push that education out and put a little bit of content out, build me Instagram mm-hmm. um, and then and then just do that for now. Uh, I, I, I don't really need to be to be pushing out loads of programs. You know, I've not got I've not got the most time in the world. So I can't mm-hmm. like, for instance, I wouldn't be able to take on like sort of 10 online clients. Um, and I, I wouldn't want to do it because if I if I put myself in that situation, they wouldn't be getting a good product. Yeah. Um, so I've I've got like like we said before, Fraser. Um, mm-hmm. I do do his programming, um, and it's it, people think it's really easy. Oh, just sit down here. Oh, I just yeah. throw throw a few exercises. But when you when you want it, when you people have got specific goals and you, you're trying to get them to that goals, it's 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 pretty difficult. Yeah. And it, I, I just want to make sure that the people who I do take on, they're getting the best product as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why I never understand these coaches who have got like a hundred online clients. Obviously, majority of the time, as bad as it, it's a copy and paste job. Majority, they have to be realistic. I'm so like I don't. I probably go the max. I I don't know if I'd want to go any higher than like twenty would be ridiculous. I'm trying to think of the amount of like if I had twenty clients, how much attention? Because I'm very OCD and I know that I'm writing a program for like I say like a four week block and I'm putting it for someone to actually go and do. Like someone's actually going to go and do that. It's not just like, all right, I copy and paste. That'll do. They, they, people are actually going to go out there and do it. And if they do something wrong, they could get injured, or they could, I don't know, anything could happen. Yeah. So exactly. I'd rather just really put my time into something and get that satisfaction and get that person the the actual result. I'm I'm big on building relationships with people. Like if you're one of them coaches, you've got like 120 online clients. I guarantee you're not having a conversation with them or not invested in them. Necessary. There might be one or two coaches in a million who, well, not even a million, a thousand who actually do really have that kind of connection. But um, I'm big on actually wanting to, to see people develop. So it is the reality of it is it's not as amazing as you think. You've got to spend a bit of time programming, checking in on people every so often. Um, it, but if you love it, you don't. You kind of enjoy doing it anyway. It's, it's one of them things where you, you'll yeah. take the time out yeah. to, to do it for someone. So. Um, have you have you PT'd before in gyms or anything like that, or has it just been purely for the army? Nah, um, I've done I've done a few ses- uh, a few sessions with with friends and all that when they've seen us off. Can you can you come along and give a hand? But then it's not it's not a PT. You know, I'll go along. I do my little brother quite a lot. Like yeah. he, he's up saying, oh, "Oh, will you come to the gym? Um, we'll, we'll train this or that." And I know he's like, "Yeah," and in my head, I'm like. He's getting some free PT sessions, yeah. <laughs> Should be charging. That's what I say to my missus. I like I write her programs up like four week blocks, and I'm like, you know, you know, people pay for this. She's like, oh, we write up another program. I'm like, no, because what, what am I going for? <laughs> so, ah, right, having a missus is a nightmare anyway. Anyway, <laughs> so role models. Who would you say a few of your role models in the industry are currently, or even like when you were younger, kind of just getting into the fitness? Everyone's got different role models. Um just within the fitness industry we'll say well we'll stay fitness and then in general I've, we'll, I've got the last these look at the last three questions that we that I put down right. we'll, we'll save that we'll save that for the end but in terms of fitness who would you say Um, oh, bit of a bit of a tough one that <laughs> uh, in fact Cristiano Ronaldo yeah his work, work ethic is unbelievable mm-hmm. he's 
he's all about making the best product for the team. Yeah. You can't he's fault a, him. He's an athlete. So you're, you're Ronaldo over Messi because everyone's got that argument, don't they? Um, to be honest with you, I think that that equally is good. But when it comes down to work ethic and um, and putting the extra the extra bit in Ronaldo every day. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm a Ronaldo man, definitely. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Just because of what he's done and who he, who he is, like Messi. Yes, he's technically amazing and stuff. But Ronaldo, like you said, worth worth ethics from where he's came from. Obviously, his background originally as well from where he was in Portugal, where he was living, working his way up, physically, and then also the things he's done in terms of business, in terms of things outside of it. Like he's everyone knows him. Like Ronaldo was purely because of his brand. He's got hotels, restaurants, all that other thing. So he's branching out and doing a lot more. Whereas Messi, yes, he, you can't knock him at all. Um, but for an all-rounder, I'm 100% Ronaldo. 100%. Um, and then, I'll tell you, if, if we're looking at role models, um, people like Ro- Marcus Rashford. Um, yeah. Again, unbelievable. You know, he's. I, I think he's. he came top of the... I think it was like worldwide as well for the, how much he's, he's given in terms mm-hmm. of his net worth. I think he gave like 120% of his net worth. Yeah. Uh, or 120 percent of how much he's earned the year uh, to charity, which is unbelievable, really. Yeah. Um, you've got like billionaires who who give a lot, multi-billionaires. They'll they'll give a lot. They'll give more than what Marcus Rashford does, but percentage-wise, compared mm-hmm. to their net worth or whatever that might be, um, yeah, he's he's pushing out the most. And then all the the sort of online abuse they get as well. They just it, it's crazy how they yeah. give so much and then still get all that. That's the shit they get. Yeah, I think that's all. There's always going to be there, no matter how much we talk about it. That is always going to be there, as, as as bad as it is. There's always going to be people. You're going to have people on net typing things like that. It's going to be people who in public say stuff like that. Like we can talk about it as much as we can, but it's, I, I don't know how we're going to really stop that sort of thing. It's just, it's um, it's one of the things I have to live with. But the more obviously you talk about it, the better. The more we try and stop it. But yeah, Marcus Rashford's done really well. What he's done, he's just he had a good NBA last year for it all as well, didn't he? Yeah, you do, yeah. yeah. Well deserved, isn't it? I know, 100%. Right, so we'll wrap up. Firstly, before we do them last three questions, for someone who wants to join the, the British Army, would you, what three, two or three bits of advice would you, you give them, maybe fitness-wise, maybe preparing for anything at all? Um, fitness-wise, just just have that, that base aerobic um, in terms of like running. Uh, you don't you don't need it to be going out before you start basic training with 40 kilograms on your back running at 100 miles an hour and um, mm-hmm. it's, it's just unrealistic so just that base aerobic and have a good strength conditioning base as well mm-hmm. um, and in terms of getting through your career just just take as many opportunities as you can and then for for the sort of the mental side of it um just just if you put 100 percent in everything and have the correct attitude you'll you'll fly you'll absolutely fly through the army and you'll enjoy it mm-hmm. um, and you'll get the most benefit out uh, that's that's my personal experience anyways if you've got the right attitude and you put 100% in then you know it, it can't be bad yeah I think the same applies for most things and like if you put the effort in and stuff like that that's all, that's all most people can ask, ask for and you'll end up surrounding yourself with good people which oh, obviously the army right. I can imagine like everybody there will be 100% on it and they've all got the same sort of focus and that mindset um, which is spot on so Last three questions. I asked the I asked everybody these. Did you prepare a little bit for them or not? Uh, a little no, bit. I, I had a quick look and I thought, mm, 
I know it's always a tough one. I was like, um, everyone always asks me, and I still don't know myself what they are. Everybody who's like, oh, who do you think? I'm like, I don't have a clue. Uh, so first one, three people you'd like to invite round for dinner or a coffee, go for a coffee with, past or present, so it can be dead or alive. Um, the first one will be Joe Rogan. Yeah. Uh, I, I, to be honest with you, I don't, th- I don't know someone who wouldn't have Joe Rogan on that list. He's just super, super cool, mm-hmm. and he's just so intelligent as well. You know, the amount of people he talks to. It'd be hard not to be intelligent. Um, next one will be Prince Harry. Um, and the reason for this is, in my eyes, I think he is the best role model, um, especially for, for young young lads. Um, you know, he, he shows that, you know, he's got the, the charity side. He's, he, he does a lot of giving, a lot of charity work, um, especially the Invictus Games. So the, the soldiers who have, who have got, like, who have had big injuries, you know, lost legs, lost arms, eyesight, all that sort of stuff. But then he also shows a side of, he stands up for what's right, you know, especially within his life, you know, he's, he's had a lot going on. Um, he's just stood up for himself and obviously his wife. And then also he just shows that he's a bit of a lad as well. Yeah, <laughs> I was waiting for that one. He seems like, he seems like a good bloke. Um, and then the third person, you might not have heard of him. He's called uh, Jordan Peterson. Oh, Jordan he's Peterson, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, the Canadian um, professor. Yeah. And I'd, I'd watch his videos all the time because people go out of the way and they'll, they'll, you know, they'll have all these stats and they'll, they'll fire them at him and he's just like, no, you're wrong. And you're wrong because of this. And he's, oh, these videos. He's got me. an answer for everything. I sometimes need to listen to his podcast with a pen and paper because a lot of the things I say are just like, just goes that way. There's a lot of podcasts I'm like that. I'm like going for a walk. I'm like, I need to be sitting down writing stuff. But yeah, he's, he's just, he's unreal, isn't he? Class. Yeah, on another level. Quality. Right, next one. Three people you want to train with. Um, the first one would be Cristiano Ronaldo. Yeah. Just because he's he's worth work ethic. You know, it's second to none really. Um, next one would be Matt Fraser. You, you know what yeah. he's achieved is unbelievable. Um, mm-hmm. along with well, probably Tia, Tia Claire Toomey after these games as well. Yeah. Um, she'll be sitting on five if she wins these. Um, and then the third person would be Arnie. <laughs> who who wouldn't want to train with Arnie? Yeah, I know. It'd be ridiculous. Even now, I'd love to train with him. You know, he's getting on a little bit. I know that, but he's back in the day, back in the prime. You watch. I'm yeah. guessing you watch Pumping Iron then. Aye. Yeah, yeah, it's quality, mate. I like that training. With, I'd love to see Matt Fraser and Arnold train together because Matt Fraser likes a little bit of bodybuilding as well, doesn't he? Yeah, well, that's that's what he said on his podcast that he he really enjoys it. So now he's going to do loads of like bodybuilding. Yeah. Which is- Get him on the get, get him on stage in a few years. <laughs> get him on stage. Yeah, well mate, you, you probably I know you probably would. Um, and then last one, one thing you would say to yourself five years ago. Um, I would say make goals, uh, make a plan to achieve the goals, and then just don't stop until you've achieved them. Mm-hmm. Uh, just keep motivated and do it. Yeah. I love that. I love having goal setting because if you've got nothing to aim towards, then you're just kind of just floating through life, aren't you? Yeah, You've got exactly. to have a little sort of pur- purpose to things. So, no, I love that. Where can um where can people find your Instagram? I'll like I'll tag it down below anyway. In the if it's on YouTube, down below in the description, and then for the podcast, it'll be in the show notes. Uh, but just shout your Instagram up just in case people are driving yeah. or whatever it is. RM Coaching, and then if you click on it, it's a little black icon with RM Coaching in gold. Yeah, and that's that's the main social media I use. Everything sort of on there. Yeah, there's some decent some decent workouts on there, like. Very. And you love a coffee as well, I've noticed. You love a coffee on your story. Coffee as well. 
<laughs> I told you, everybody who's into fitness, especially like great CrossFit stuff, caffeine addicts, everybody's caffeine addicts. It's bad. It is bad, I know. But mate, thank you very much. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on. Not a problem. So thank you very much if you stayed and listened to the full episode of the podcast. And again, thank you, Ryan, for coming on. Like I said, his Instagram and everything will be down below. It's great to be back to guest episodes. So if there is anybody at all who would like to see on the podcast, message me on Instagram. My Instagram link is down below in the show notes at Brendan Pearson Fitness. Drop me a message and I'll try and obviously get the guest on if I can. So as always, as I always say, if you can, try and share the podcast with a friend, a family member, share it on Instagram stories, Facebook, any sort of way at all. And obviously tag myself in your story if you're sharing it on there. That would mean a lot. Any sort of way that you can share the podcast would be massively appreciated. So that's it for this episode. This has been Process. Process.